Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Welcome to Spotlight. Uh, today's show is one that uh, was inspired by an incident that I had earlier in the week. And I'm sure many of you can relate to this. I was just feeling overwhelmed. I was feeling overwhelmed with the drama of the elections here in the United States and with the chaos of COVID. Uh, I'd heard arguments and controversy online, and I'd experienced a couple of calls during the day from friends who had received the news that they had COVID. And it was interesting because one friend was quite ill physically and the other friend felt fine physically, but she was so sad and so heartbroken that she had tested positive for COVID. She had so much fear around this. And as I observed all the controversy going on, all the sorrow, all the pain, I remember just going to my bed and lying down and feeling overwhelmed by it all. In fact, I was overwhelmed to the point of tears. And it seemed like I was feeling and taking on the pain of the world. And I was overwhelmed and my tears were partly sorrow, but they were partly frustration. They were frustration and I didn't know what to do. And when I looked around me, when I was looking at Facebook or watching the news, I just felt helpless because I didn't know how do I help these people that are suffering so much? How do I help as soothe the controversy that's going on in the world. And this thought came into my mind, why can't we just all be friends? Why can't we all love? Why can't we all get along? And in this moment of feeling overwhelmed with all the drama and the chaos and the pain and the heartache and the controversy going on in the world, in that moment, I just cried out, God, universe, what can I do to help? Does my voice even matter? How can one person like me make a difference in the world? And I don't know if you've been feeling this way too, but I have a feeling that a lot of people have. That a lot of us feel overwhelmed when we see all the heartache and the hurt and the pain and the anger in the world. And one of the great things about technology is that we get to hear more. We get to stay in touch with the people from around the world. But one of the hard things about technology is we get to hear all the pain and the heartache, as well as all the love and the good things. So what can we do? How can one person make a difference? And in this moment where I cried out and I said, how can I make a difference? How can one person matter? Does my voice even matter? I immediately had an amazing experience, a download. Maybe it was from God. Maybe it was from the universe. Maybe it was just my subconscious coming up with ideas and ways that I could help. But in that moment of pain and chaos, I immediately was brought back to a moment in time, a moment that I experienced in March. And I want to share this with you because it was during this experience, it was during the meditation that I had following my moment of heartbreak, following this moment of feeling overwhelmed, following this moment of asking, how can I make a difference? It was during this experience and this download that I received just five really clear ways in which I could help make an impact on the world, just one person, just me, and a way in which all of us can impact the world. So if you're feeling helpless, if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the chaos and by the drama and by everything that's going on in the world, then listen to these steps. Open up your heart, open up your mind, get your notebooks and write these down because this is something that as I have incorporated it into my life this week, and as I've thought of the past and the ways in the times during which I've followed these five steps and the ways in which I've incorporated these, it's changed my life. But here was the moment I was taken back to as I lay sobbing on my bed, wondering what I could do. I was brought back to a moment last March. And this moment was the moment that we, we went to the children's orphanage in Nepal. It was the Mountain Home Children's Orphanage. 
And we were there in a spiritual adventure retreat. Gerald and I were leading a legendary spiritual adventure retreat for some of our clients and, and the people that had joined. And we were staying most of the time in Kathmandu, Nepal. We had these amazing experiences uh, during our time there where we had spent time in meditation and prayer and yoga. We spent some time up in the Himalayas by a monastery uh, there. We'd been on these adventures. But one of the nights we were going to visit this orphanage and this orphanage had actually been destroyed in the, the large earthquake that happened in Nepal, I believe it was in 2012. And Gerald, who's my partner in business and life and love, my husband, he and his brother had heard about this through a mutual acquaintance. And they'd been so struck by the need of these children who had lost their home, who many had lost their parents to suicide or had uh, lost their parents to some other disasters in Nepal. Now we're not going to have a home. And Gerald and his brother, and with the support of some family members and friends, raised enough money to go and actually rebuild the orphanage. And they rebuilt this cinder block building with two rooms, one for the boys and one for the girls. And now Several years later, we were going back to visit this orphanage, and Gerald was with me, and Clint was with me. Of course, Clint is a master healer who uh, has uh, written a book, Ancient Secrets of a Master Healer, has a TED Talk out. He's had this heart for this orphanage. And we were with some other people in our group, and I remember driving up to the orphanage. We were on the bus, and I remember thinking as we drove to the orphanage, wow, these kids are so blessed that we're coming. Here we are, these Americans, these people that have so much money, so much to give, so much uh, that we have been blessed with. And these kids have so little, and I'm here to help them, and I'm here to serve them, and I'm here to help them. And there were a couple of people from different places from around the world. We had someone from England and someone from Australia, so I can't say we were all Americans. But we were all living in countries where we felt really blessed, where we felt like we had a lot to give. And I'll never forget the moment as we pull up to this orphanage up in the mountains above Kathmandu in this reclusive place. And we got out and we, we opened a gate that led into a courtyard with this small, small cinder block building that housed a few dozen orphans. And as those orphans greeted us, I experienced something I'd never experienced before. There were children ranging from age, the age of two all the way up to the age of 18. And these children were completely uninhibited. They had no reservation. They weren't looking at us with curious or judgmental looks. They just greeted us with open arms and with complete unconditional love. And the smiles on their faces and their eyes exuded nothing but this unconditional love. And I've thought many times about how to describe this in words. But you know how when you meet somebody and you, you experience a little bit of hesitation, you experience a little bit of like, who are you and what are you doing? Even if they're smiling at you. These kids had none of that. And they opened up their arms to us and they greeted us with hugs and smiles and some of them didn't even speak our language. The older ones had a, a slight handle on English, but the younger ones didn't even speak English. And as we, shortly after we arrived, I was standing kind of off to the side, just observing the scene. And one of the girls that was about seven or eight came over and she grabbed my hand with a big smile and pulled me towards the group because she could see that I was standing alone. And that touched me so much because she didn't have a lot. You know, these kids had two pair of underwear if they're lucky, one pair of clothes and some Crocs that they can share. They ate two meals a day that consisted of the same thing, rice and lentils and greens that they grew in the garden above their home. And yet she was so, she was so in tune with love and service that she would notice that I was standing off to the side. And as we continued our experience with that kid, the kids later that night, we had a dance party and all the kids were just dancing with all the adults. And it was so fun. We got to dress in these fun native dress and uh, 
<laughs> and I remember this is just kind of a funny story. The kids dressed us all up and did our hair and they brought a couple of women in from a local village to do our makeup. And one of the women just drew the darkest eyebrows on me. I'm pretty fair skinned. So that was kind of funny when everybody saw me and they said, whoa, <laughs> maybe eyebrows meant more for somebody that was a native of the land. But um, we had just this fun, amazing dance party in that night. We were staying at the orphanage. The kids had invited us to stay. And as I mentioned before, there was just this cinder block building and all the girls were in one room and all the boys were in the other. And the girls gave up their beds. They took the mattresses off their bunk beds and lined them on the floor, even though we had brought our sleeping bags, so we'd have something to sleep on. And they slept on the hard slabs of their mattresses. And in the for the boys, the boys gave up their beds for the men and they slept on the floor. These kids that had almost nothing gave up what they had. They gave us, they served us dinner that night and breakfast and lunch the next day, even though they normally didn't eat lunch. These kids that had almost nothing gave everything and they gave it with unconditional love. And later, the following night when we left the orphanage, I was changed. It wasn't that these kids had influence it wasn't that they were reaching millions on their Instagram or Facebook. In fact, we did a little exercise with the kids where we were asking, what's your big dream? And one of the boys says, I want to get 100 followers on Instagram. <laughs> that was like his big dream. These kids didn't have hardly anything. They didn't have money. They didn't have influence. They didn't have status. But yet they impacted me in a way that I would never forget. They impacted me in a way that changed my life forever. And as I was brought back to this moment after having my pity party of feeling so overwhelmed and so consumed and so afraid and, and so helpless. As I was brought back to that moment, I remembered something very important. I remembered that it's not always status or money or things or influence that change people's lives. It's love. It's service. It's caring. It's giving what you do have. And all of us have something to give. We all have our love that we can give. We all have time that we can give. Most of us have resources we can give, even if it's just a little bit. When you add enough of those little bits together, it goes a long way. And as I was brought back to this memory of the kids in Nepal, I remember everything that they gave to me and the lesson that I learned from them and in my mind came these five ways, these five ways in which they impacted me and the five ways in which each of us can impact the world in a great way. So I'm going to go over these five steps. Just make sure you have your notebook. These aren't going to be anything that's new or profound to you, but this is going to be a really great reminder, as it was to me when I thought of those kids in the orphanage that you can make a big impact on the world, that your voice does matter, that your love can change somebody's life, and that love is stronger than hate. So the first step when you're talking about the five ways to make the impact on the world, number one is gratitude. Number one is gratitude. What shocked me about those kids in Nepal. I remember experience where there was this little store down the road. And when I say little store, I mean like literally it was a shed. For those of you who've been to developing countries, you know what I mean. It was a shed built out of sticks with, you know, some soda along the side and waters and little candies hanging on the wall and a couple of the necessities like flour and sugar and things like that. And there was a man there and I walked down the road and I thought, oh, it'd be so great if I could just get some candy for these kids. These kids probably don't ever have a candy. And I remember buying a few pieces of candy and coming back up and 
first little girl I ran into, she didn't speak very good English, but I held out the candy and she just smiled and waved it off with her hand. And I didn't really understand what she was trying to say. So I asked one of the older kids who spoke English to communicate. And he said, oh, she says, thank you so much for thinking of her, but no thanks. She's so grateful for you, but she has everything she needs. And she, she doesn't want that candy right now. <laughs> I thought, what? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> somebody offered me a piece of candy I'd be taking and I have a lot more than she has. But he continued on to say, you know, we are so grateful for everything that we have here in the orphanage. We're, we're given all that we need. And this gratitude, this amount of gratitude for their two pair of underwear, for their one pair of clothes, and for these meals that they had just really impacted me. And here's the thing that I think about with gratitude is that when we have an attitude of gratitude, it really does change our perspective. These kids weren't thinking about all the things that they didn't have. They were spending their time being grateful for the things that they did have. They weren't spending their time thinking about what they didn't have or what was going wrong in the world. They were thinking about the things that they were grateful to have. And gratitude really can change our perspective. When we come back from break, I'm going to be sharing with you a story, a personal story that happened in my life that absolutely changed my life when there was just a little shift of gratitude that happened. And during this break, I would encourage you to start writing down, write the number one, two, three, four, and five on your notebook under gratitude. And during break, my challenge to you is to think of five things that you can be grateful for right now. It could be your family. It could be your pet. It could be that you have a roof over your house. It could be that you have food to eat. Whatever those things are, I want you to write down a list of at least five things. Keep going if you want of those things that you're grateful for. And notice if there's a shift in you during this break. And when we come back, I'll be sharing my story about gratitude and my shift in perspective. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, today's show is all about five ways to really make an impact in the world during this drama of the elections, the chaos of COVID, everything that's going on. And during the first section, if you're just joining us, uh, during the first segment, I shared my battle with feeling totally overwhelmed, with feeling helpless to the point where I was laying there sobbing on my bed. And the vision or the answer that came to me, the download that came to me after I asked the question, how can I make a difference in the world? And was brought back to this moment where I visited an orphanage in, in Nepal. And all that those kids taught me, those kids that had nothing but yet were willing to give everything. And that inspired these five ways to make an impact on the world. Way number one that we began to talk about during the first segment was gratitude. 
was having gratitude, how gratitude can shift your perspective, how these kids that were in the orphanage, instead of thinking about all that they didn't have, were focusing on being grateful for all that they did have. And I gave a challenge for those of you listening to write down five things you were grateful for over break. So hopefully you have those five things written down and just notice if you took time to write those down. And if you didn't, just take time right now to close your eyes just for a moment. Take a deep breath in and think of something you're grateful for. And notice how immediately when you start thinking about what you're grateful for, your mood changes. (laughs) You feel happier. Your mind can't focus on two things at one time. So if you're focusing on the things that you're grateful for, you're not focusing on the things that you aren't. And some of you may be going through a really hard time right now. Some of you may be really struggling. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you aren't making the money that you used to make. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed with what's going on around you. But I want to share a story with you that changed my perspective on gratitude. Or how gratitude changed my perspective, rather, and my mom, too. So... When I was in my early 20s, my brother, who was also in his early 20s, was diagnosed with cancer. He, at the time, was living in a a town in Southern California, well, not a town, a big city in Southern California, and he was working at a job where he had some partial insurance. It wasn't a high-paying job, but he had some partial insurance, and he was diagnosed with cancer. And he had just moved out of home. He was just starting off on his own. And when my parents heard that he'd been diagnosed with cancer, as we were all, we were devastated. But luckily, he did have some insurance, and he began cancer treatment. And my parents, who lived in Idaho, felt like they wanted to support him. And so they started traveling down there quite frequently. Well, even with insurance, the medical bills were racking up. His health was still very poor. And after about a year, he started to make a recovery from his cancer. Things started looking better. And he was able to move back to Idaho with my parents. And he continued his recovery there. And thankfully, he was able to survive. He beat the cancer. And at the end of it, my parents had uh, close to $100,000 in debt. They were really thankful that they they have my brother's life, but it was just a really hard thing for my parents to go through. So fast forward about a decade later, about a decade later, I'm in my early 30s. My brother's also in his early 30s, just a year and a half younger than I am. And we're at the kitchen in my mom's house. And I'll never forget this conversation. My mom said to my brother, you know, Kent, I still wonder why you had to go through cancer. That was the worst thing I could ever go through as a parent is to almost lose my son. And I still think about this. I'm kind of bitter about it. You know, why did you have to have cancer? And it was just such a hard experience for me. We went into so much debt. We were worried about your health. It was horrible. It was horrible. I still wonder to this day why you went through cancer. And my brother, I'll never forget this moment. My brother just stopped and he looked at her and he said, mom, Cancer didn't almost kill me. Cancer saved my life. My my mom said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Cancer almost saved your life. You were sick. I remember you almost died. I went down. I visited you over and over again. This was a horrible thing. What are you talking about? My brother again paused and he said, mom, what you don't know was that I was in a gang. I was in big trouble. I was doing some bad things. I didn't even want to be in that gang anymore, but there was no way out until I got cancer. He said, Mom, if I hadn't got cancer, I wouldn't have been released from that contract, and I'm sure I'd be dead today. He said, Cancer didn't almost kill me. Cancer saved me. And at the time, you know, my brother had a great job. He's married. He's making a big difference in the world. And my mom, in a later discussion with her, she said, that changed my perspective. And I went from wondering and asking God why he put me through your brother having cancer to kneeling down each night and thanking God that your brother had cancer. I went from a state of lack and a state of anger to a state of gratitude. 
we don't always know why certain things are happening to us. I mean, those orphanids, orphans up in the orphanage in Nepal, they have every right and reason to say, well, why did I end up here? Why did, do I not have parents? Why do I only have one pair of clothes and two pair of underwears? But they don't. They focus on what they do have. My mom spent a decade in bitterness and anger until she realized, wow, there was actually something to be really grateful for, the experience of my brother having cancer. So where in your life right now, where in your life right now, could you have a shift in perspective? Could you be thankful for something that you haven't been thankful for? As I was thinking about this, I thought, I'm actually grateful for some of the results that have come because of COVID. I'm thankful that the world is beginning to come together, that we get to realize that we're all in this together. So what is it that you're grateful for in your life right now? And you may be thinking, well, Allison, what does this have to do with impacting the world? I'll tell you what it has to do with impacting the world. If you are in a state of gratitude, you will inspire others to be in a state of gratitude. If you're posting on Facebook the things that you're thankful for, if you're waking up each morning thinking about the things that are going right in your life, the things that you're thankful for rather than the things that are going wrong, then you are going to be in a space where you can influence others around you. Whether you like it or not, you are impacting the people around you. And you can either be impacting them from a state of gratitude or you can be impacting them from a state of anger and fear and frustration. So remember, focus on the things that you're grateful for. Number two, so number one's gratitude. Number two is love. <laughs> you may be thinking, okay, Allison, seriously, gratitude, love. I've heard this a million times before. And you may have, but I want you to apply it to right now. If you've been feeling overwhelmed, if you've been feeling helpless, if you've been feeling the pain and the chaos and the drama of the world right now, I want you to step back. And I want you to think about this. When it comes to love, there's this really famous scripture saying, love thy neighbor as thyself. There's a parable, do unto others as you would have done unto you. <laughs> and there's a really important part of that. If you aren't taking care of yourself, you can't take care of the world. If you aren't taking the time to figure out what it is that you need, then you can't help others with their needs. So right now, there's a lot of people that I talk to that are feeling drained, that are feeling tired. Why are they feeling drained and tired? Because there's a lot going on in the world right now. Just ask yourself, have you been feeling a little drained and tired lately? <laughs> and if you have, just do yourself a favor in this moment, just extend yourself a little bit of love and ask, what is it that I need? What is it that I need for me? In that moment that I was feeling totally overwhelmed earlier in the week, that I was sad, I'd been watching some news and hearing some of the drama going on with the elections and the chaos of COVID. I had some friends call me. Instead of just shoving all those emotions down, I said, what is it that you really need right now, Allison? And my answer was, I just need to go have a good cry in the bed. And so I did. But it was in that moment of crying that I said, how can I help? How can I make an impact? And I got the download of these five steps. I got the memory of those orphans in Nepal. So what is it that you need right now? Extend yourself some love. In this world right now, if you want to make an impact, you first must take care of yourself. Is it that you're needing a bath? <laughs> is it that you're needing to call a friend? Is it that you're needing... Whatever it is, just ask yourself right now. I'm serious. Take a moment right now. Close your eyes and just say, what do I need today? What do I need today? When that answer comes, write it down. Write it down and do it today. I remember someone was interviewing the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama is this hugely influential figure that has this massive impact on the world. And he's got so much to do. He's got so many people that are desiring his time and healing from him. And this interviewer asked the Dalai Lama, he said, what do you do on your busiest days? And he said, I meditate two hours instead of one. Now, why would he say that? Because he knows in order to show up most fully 
for the world, in order for him to be at his peak state to impact the world, he has to first serve himself before he can serve others. Step number two, love. Ask yourself, what is it that I need today? Ask yourself, what is it that I need today? Write it down and then do it. Do it. Then the second part of loving, of course, loving yourself is loving other people. Now, there's loving as a verb and loving as a noun, right? There's actually serving and doing things for other people. And then there's just extending love. And many people think that just by showing up in a space of love, that it doesn't do much, that it doesn't make a great impact. But it does. This is what monks have known for centuries. This is why there are people that meditate all over the world. Because they know when they meditate, they know when they focus on love, that that loving frequency and that loving vibration will change the world. Now, you may be thinking, how does this work? So let's just try it. Let's just do an experiment right now. If you're listening to this show, there's a reason. And I want to teach you a way that your love can impact the world and it will come back and impact you too. So right now, just close your eyes. If you can, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're operating heavy machinery, if you're in a safe space, don't close your eyes. But if you can, close your eyes. Maybe get in a relaxed position. If not, just listen to my voice. I want you to imagine something that you really love. Just something or someone that you really love. Imagine something or someone that you really love. and Maybe a moment in which you felt so much love for that person or that thing, that situation. Now, I want you to take that love, and you probably feel it in your chest right now, in your heart. And I want you to imagine that that feeling of love is represented by a golden light. And that golden light is in your heart. Now, I want you to expand that love, that golden light, to fill your entire body right now. Would you expand that golden light down your legs to the bottom of your feet and tips of your toes, up your shoulders, out your arms to your fingertips, up your neck and up your face, all the way surrounding your head until your entire body is filled with this golden light, golden love. And I want you to imagine this love dispelling any darkness, any doubts, any fears. Just allow yourself to be completely full of love right now. And then just radiate that love outside of your body to fill the space just an arm's width around your body. And imagine yourself being encompassed in this bubble of love right now in this golden light of love just notice maybe a smile's creeping onto your face right now i want you to imagine expanding out this golden light and love to fill the entire room that you're in maybe there's somebody else in that room and if there is imagine them feeling a little bit of your golden light and love now expand that light and love out to fill the entire structure that you're in right now your home your hotel your apartment building imagining the people in that structure feeling that love from you And then allowing that love to radiate out to fill the entire town or city that you're in right now. Thinking of the faces of some of the people that you know, that you've run into in the grocery store, your cashier, the person at the bank. Imagining them filling a little bit of your light and love. Now expanding that light and love to fill the entire state or province that you're in. Imagining the people in that state or province experiencing a little bit of light and love from you. Now expanding that light and love to fill the entire country that you're in right now. Again, maybe imagining the face or faces of somebody that lives in a different part of the country as you and imagine them feeling a little bit of that golden light and love. Now imagine expanding that golden light and love to fill the entire world right now. Imagine somebody on the other side of the world Somebody that's maybe in pain or hurting a little bit, feeling light and love from you right now. Just imagine that golden light and love filling the entire world. Then in your mind's eye, just shrinking that entire world down till it fits between your hands and hold your hands six inches apart. Imagine the globe just there hovering between your hands your eyes closed or open if you're driving and just imagine sending light and love from your hands to the world to the entire world 
And then just taking that world, that imaginary world, and placing it in your hearts, putting your hand over your heart, and allowing the love for the world to expand within you. Just taking a deep breath in, bringing awareness back to your mind and your body. And in this moment, right now, how do you feel? I feel amazing. And just play around with this a little bit. See if somebody texts you or calls you or sends you a message today saying that they were thinking of you, that they were feeling your love. And anytime you start feeling overwhelmed, anytime you feel like you can't make a difference in the world, just do this meditation, knowing that your intention of love, that that frequency of love will uplift the world and it will uplift you at the same time. So again, five ways to make an impact on the world. Number one, gratitude. Be in a state of gratitude. Be thankful for everything you have instead of focusing on what you don't have. Be thankful for the things that are going right in your life instead of the things that are going wrong. Last night we watched the movie uh, The Secret um, Manifesting Your Dreams. It's the follow-up to The Secret. Beautiful movie about this. I highly recommend it. Number two, love. Loving yourself and loving the world. Loving yourself and loving others. Just know that love does make a difference. Love does. It will raise your frequency. It will raise the frequency of the planet. When we come back from break, I'm going to be sharing the five, the last three of the five ways to make an impact on the world. And during this break right now, I would just encourage you just to remain with your hands on your heart. Just allowing yourself to feel all the juicy, warm goodness of this love that we feel right now. And when we come back, we'll learn the other three ways that you can make an impact on the world now. I'm Allison H. Larson, and you're listening to Spotlight. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Thank you so much for coming back, for joining us, and for feeling hopefully a lot of love during the break. Uh, For those of you that are just joining us today, we're talking about five ways to make an impact on the world. These ways were inspired by a visit I had to an orphanage in Nepal of these uh, beautiful, beautiful children there, of these children that 
I learned from them, they had almost nothing to give, but they gave everything that they had. And uh, that was their love. That was their light. That was, they gave up their beds for us. They gave up their food for us, what little food they had. And I'm so thankful for them. And I'm, as I, we talk about these five ways, we've talked about having gratitude. We've talked about having love. This third way is where things really come into action. And that is to serve. That is to serve. And a little bit can go a long way. So this is the action part. This is the doing part. So fill yourself with gratitude. Fill yourself with love. Share those, you know, on social media. Share those with the people around you. And then step into service. I remember a long time ago when I was a young girl, my, I was feeling really sad. And my mom said to me, Allison, when you're feeling sad, serve. When you're feeling sad, serve. And it's so true. I, I remember this very specific moment there have been several moments throughout my life, but I remember a couple of specific moments and stories I want to share with you. One was just around this time last year. It was the first Christmas uh, since my divorce. I got divorced shortly after Christmas the year before. Uh, I'd not taken any of the Christmas decorations with me. Uh, the kids weren't with me this one particular night leading up to Christmas. And I was in the house and I was feeling really sorry for myself. I was reminiscing about the times that I'd spent over the past 20 years, every Christmas decorating and hanging up the kids' ornaments that they made at school and the stockings that we'd had since they were little children. I was thinking about all the family traditions we had. And instead of doing any of those things, I was sitting alone in my home in Phoenix. And Gerald and I were dating at the time. And Gerald wasn't available that night. He was in Utah. Anyway, I was in Phoenix, but sometimes we'd you know, converse over the phone, but he was doing something different. And before he had to go, I just said, Gerald, I'm just feeling really sad tonight. And he said, Allison, why don't you just um, go take yourself on a date? <laughs> so I did. I shared this during the last uh, show too, but here, here was the impactful thing about going on that date. I decided that I would find a way to serve. And it was just a simple act of service, but it changed everything. After I did some Christmas shopping with myself, I went to Neater's, which is a restaurant, went to get my, my favorite dinner that I was going to take home and eat by myself as I watched a Hallmark movie. And as I sat in the drive-thru, I thought, wow, you know, I don't have a lot to give this year, but I do have, I am blessed with enough that I can pay for the person behind me for their meal. And it was totally anonymous. I didn't know who was behind me. That person would never get to thank me. But a crazy thing happened. As I paid for that meal, I felt really good inside. And I started feeling super happy. And, and I imagined that that person behind me, when they got up and found that the person had paid for their meal in front of them, that they felt really happy too. And as I share this with you, you may be feeling happy. There's this interesting science that, a research that has been done. And science has shown that when you do an act of service, a small amount of serotonin is released into your brain. Now, serotonin is the thing that most antidepressants help with. It's the thing that helps you feel happy and fulfilled. And the other interesting research they've done is they found that the person receiving the act of service receives a little dose of serotonin in their brain. To make them feel happier. But this third piece of information was perhaps the most surprising to me. Did you know that research has found that people observing or hearing about an act of service also receive a dose of serotonin in their brain? And I remember the lady at the drive-thru when I said, I want to pay for the person behind me. She said, that is so kind. That is so nice of you. That makes my entire night. Thank you so much. I believe in humanity again. So what does this have to do with you? Well, as you do those acts of service, not only are you going to feel better, the people you're serving are going to feel better, and the people observing or hearing about those acts are going to feel better. For every post on Facebook that I see with someone complaining, with someone in expressing their anger or frustration, I also see a post of someone doing an act of kindness, of someone showing love towards somebody or doing a good deed. And if we can have more Facebook posts about good deeds, 
and more talk about service and love than we can about hatred and anger and people that are disagreeing, then the world will heal. As your kids watch your acts of service, the other night, Gerald and I had an opportunity to drop flowers by some friend, by a friend's house who had just found out that she had COVID. Of course, we didn't go in, but we had our kids in the back seat. We dropped these flowers off and then we pulled the car back. So we were in front of her house. She came to the window and waved and opened the door and just tears streaming down her face. Thank you so much. That means so much. She called us on the phone. So we were talking to her as she saw these flowers. And the next day, our little girl said, wow, you know, remember that lady we brought flowers last night? That just, that felt really good in my heart. Yeah, it did. You may not have a lot to give, but give what you have. And share. Number four is share. So we've got gratitude, love, serve, and share. And I've already talked about this a little bit. But as you share your acts of service, as you share your love, as you share your gratitude, it will have a ripple effect It will make an impact on the world. It will raise the frequency of the planet. It will. It will. And that's the greatest way to make an impact. So what's step number five? Step number five is to repeat. To repeat. And you know what's so great about this cycle of gratitude, the cycle of love, the cycle of making an impact in the world is that as you have gratitude, as you show love to yourself and others, as you serve, as you share that love and service, you're going to feel more gratitude and more love. You're going to feel like serving more and you're going to be able to share that with more people. The other thing that came to my mind, and I want to share this with you because for two reasons. Number one, I want to invite those of you who feel inspired to join in this cause. And number two, to inspire you to think about ways outside the box in which you can make an influence on the world. As I was thinking about how to impact and influence the world recently, as I was in meditation, I got a download to hold a Global Healers Summit. And this Global Healers Summit, bringing these master healers together, people like Michael Beckwith, people like Master Co, people like Elliot Rowe, who's a top hypnotherapist, and gathering people from all over the globe to participate in a day of meditation and prayer on 12-12-2020 and 12-13-2020, knowing that one plus one doesn't always equal two. And what I mean by that is that where one person stands in love, if another person adds their love to that, that multiplies. It's not one plus one equals two. It's two people sharing in love equals five. And then you have uh, 10 people sharing in love. Well, that doesn't equal 10 units of love. That equals like 100 units of love. So knowing that I wanted to give people an opportunity to virtually gather from all over the globe to stand in love and gratitude and prayer and meditation, to stand for love and to stand against hate and against frustration and against anger and against pain and to stand for love, to stand for healing, to stand for making an impact on the world through gratitude, through meditation, through prayer, through connection to source. And then as I thought of this idea, I thought, well, what about the people that really want to make an impact and influence on the world? How can, we, how can we all gather together to make this? There's some people that don't have a lot of resources. So I got the idea. What if everybody that participated in this donated $44 towards the orphanage in Nepal? What happened is shortly after we left the orphanage in Nepal, these kids who would give us everything, who would give us their beds, who would give us their foods, we got a, a message just saying that they were in danger of being shut down by the government because the government didn't like that the boys and the girls were sleeping in the same building, even though there were separate rooms. They were requiring them to build a separate building in 2021 or they were going to shut down this orphanage. And in Nepal, there's not programs like there are here. There would be no place for these kids to go. They would go out on the street. And I thought, how can I help these kids who would give us everything? And luckily, one of our friends stepped right up to the plate who had been there in Nepal, one of our friends and clients. And, and up to date, she's been able to raise $51,000, but we're still short $25,000. They need just over $75,000 to build this building. So I thought, 
everybody just donated $44 that participated in this Global Healers Summit. If enough of us all participated in love and if enough of us donated $44, that together we could raise the rest of that $25,000. So I am holding a Global Healers Summit on 12-12-2020 and 12-13-2020, where we come together in a day of meditation and prayer. And then the following week, 12-14, there will be healers and experts from around the globe that will be sharing healing tools and techniques and modalities that will empower you to heal yourself and the people you love. This is all done virtually. And we're doing it times of days that work for people globally. So if you feel inspired, if you feel like you want to join with others that believe that love is stronger than hate, if you feel like you're wondering, what can I do to help the world, then join us in this day of global meditation and prayer in 12-12-2020 and 12-13-2020. Join in a week of growth as you learn from experts around the globe and know that your donation of $44, all of that goes towards helping these kids in Nepal. And I'm proud to say we've raised over $2,000 so far. But if you feel inspired by this, just simply go to www. You have to put that first, www.globalhealerssummit.com. That's www.globalhealerssummit.com, where you will find out more information about the summit, how you can join, and how you can make a difference in those kids' lives that are making such an impact in the world with everybody who comes and visits them. And as I leave you today, I want to leave you with a gift. I want to leave you with a gift. This gift is a ticket to our three-day Master Your Mindset event this week. It's going to be about how to step more into gratitude and love, how to serve more, how to share. And you're going to be able to uh, communicate and connect with people in a way that will help inspire you. And um, simply to register for this, simply go to legendaryseminar.com. That's legendaryseminar.com. And click on the virtual event. And it will come up as $495 or $497. Just enter the word tribe at discount. So it'll ask for a promo code, enter that word tribe and join us for three days of connecting and loving, mastering your mindset. And for those of you who feel inspired to make an impact in the world through your love and through a little donation to those kids in the orphanage, again, that's www.globalhealerssummit.com. Please join, please participate. And, and if you only take one thing away from this show, here's what I want you to hear. Your love matters. Your voice matters. You can make an impact in the world. And you don't have to have a lot of money or a lot of influence to do it. You just need to step into that space of love and choose to have gratitude, to love, to serve, to share, and repeat. I'm Allison Larson. And until next week, you've been listening to Spotlight. you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.